this week's episode of Fan Fatales. So I have some good news and some bad news this week, and I'll start with the bad news. As you can probably tell, Emma isn't here this week. She's in the middle of moving, so she decided to take this week off, and I was totally cool with that because this week is my finally the episode I've been waiting for, my D&D episode. I'm so excited. I love D&D so much. And I had two amazing guests who are some friends of mine who I'm so thankful agreed to join me this week. So as I mentioned earlier, our topic this week is D&D. I finally get to do it. Woo! Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a bit of a Dungeons & Dragons nerd. I've been collecting dice for a number of months now, and I've been playing for not that long, but I'm totally immersed in the culture and I love it so much. Now, if you don't know what D&D is or what it's about... It's basically a Tolkien-style fantasy tabletop role-playing game. D&D, at its core, is a storytelling game. The great thing about D&D is that it's really creative in all aspects of playing. Now, if you're completely new to D&D, I highly recommend that you pause the episode right here and go check out Tabletop Weekly Archives' Learn the Basics of D&D video. He wraps it up really nicely and explains it much better than I could, and it's only seven minutes long. Now, if you're familiar with D&D, I would love to hear your experiences playing, and you just might be featured in a future episode. There are some really fantastic D&D creators out there if you're interested in more information and in listening to actual plays. I highly recommend Puffin Forest to understand the storytelling of D&D, and Critical Role, spelled R-O-L-E, the One-Shot Podcast Network, and D&D&D, Dinners and D&D, for actual plays. There are also some great YouTube videos to teach you the basics that I'll link in the descriptions of this episode. I'll also link the podcast and YouTube pages that I mentioned just a second ago. Anyway, now that you have a pretty basic understanding of what D&D is, or if you're more experienced, we can get into this episode. I was really excited to get to talk to my first guest, Jason. Jason and I have been playing in a campaign together for a little while, um, but that's our group's secondary campaign, really, and Jason isn't a part of our main campaign, so I was really excited to get to just talk one-on-one for a little while. Plus, it helps that he's my boyfriend's friend. (laughs) So, without further ado, here's that conversation. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for coming on the show this week. Absolutely. So, a little bit of a background on you. How long have you been playing D&D, and, uh, like, what's your basic knowledge of D&D? Like, what what makes you qualified to be here today? Uh, Well, I've been playing D&D since I was in high school, so probably, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years at this point, um, on and off. And uh, as far as qualified goes, I don't know. I still consider myself to be quite the new player. Um, But I've been DMing for probably two, two and a half years now uh, pretty consistently uh, and running the same campaign. Uh, I started off on 3.5 and we've moved to 5e and I'm still learning all sorts of rules. So Nice, nice. Okay. So what is like the main, like your main party, like the party that you mostly DM for? Like what's, what are they like? What's like the makeup and like what kind of players do you have and what are their characters like? That sort of thing. Uh, So I have a wizard at my table. Um, He plays a gnome and he's sort of a necromancer, but he's mostly playing a, uh, uh, a class from the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, the Gravity Mage. Um, so he's mm-hmm. he's pretty fun to have at the table, and my girlfriend is playing a ranger beast master with a splash of rogue uh, as far as multi-classing goes. Um, I have a fighter at my table who is a dragonborn. Uh, it's 
pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. but he has a lot of fun with it. Uh, we have a cleric at our table. Um, he's dealing with some stuff right now, so he's not there to make it consistently, unfortunately. But we like when he's at the table. And uh, last of all, I have a paladin at my table, uh, which is the wizard's girlfriend. Um, and she's quite fun as well. She role plays really well with the NPCs. Um, yeah, it's a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. And do you find that they like lean more into the role playing than other parties do? Or do you think that they like tend to focus more on like fighting and combat kind of things um so one of the things i'm actually really proud of my party for is that they do a really good job of both um they really like the role play aspect um three out of the the five players at my table are very very new this being their first game um, so mm-hmm. they want to get into the role play. They're not super comfortable with it, but we've been playing for over a year now. Um, excuse me. So they're getting a lot better. Um, the fighting is really good as well. Uh, I try to make sure that we get at least like one combat encounter per session. Um, and our sessions last a uh, three to four hours. Oh, wow. A lot longer than ours. <laughs> Yeah, okay, got it. Awesome. Well, so I know you mentioned playing uh, 3.5 through 5th edition. Um, are there any, like, major differences that you've noticed between 4th edition to 5th edition? Because I've heard that 4th edition was kind of crap from a lot of people. Okay, so I actually hate that perspective. Um, okay. 4th edition was not D&D as far as I'm concerned. If they had renamed okay. it Dungeon Tactics and not called it Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition, I think it would have sold a lot better. 4th um, hmm. Edition was about the strategic combat that you could do in D&D. It was a lot more about streamlining combat and making sure that there's all sorts of crazy different things that you can do. It's very technical. It's very combat-oriented. It's almost a little bit like... I, I don't want to say Warhammer, but it's the, Warhammer's like the closest thing that I can compare it to as well, uh, as far as the level of comp- complications goes. Um, Got it. 3.5 was extremely roleplay heavy, although there were a lot of mm-hmm. rules and cheese that you could get away with because of how complex the whole system was. Um, and mm-hmm. 5e is more streamlined to be for the average player who's new to tabletop games. I think most people that play 5th edition... Uh, end up moving on to either 3.5 or Pathfinder or some other form of a tabletop RPG uh, eventually. Got it. Okay, that's like a totally new perspective I've never heard before. Like, every time I hear people talk about it, they're always like, uh, 4E was the worst, and it was just so, so long, and... But it's nice to hear that, you know, it's a little... There's somebody out there who understands part of what it actually was about. It's just different. That's all it is. Yeah. Got it. So so for players who are more used to 5e and some of the earlier editions, the I guess the complication of the not complication, but the elaboration on the uh combat process was what made it uncomfortable. Yeah, uh I think it was definitely more of a strictly combat styled game. Uh, and I think it made it difficult to be a role play game because of that as well. 
um i haven't i haven't played too much 4e um but mm -hmm. from what i understand uh the rule books talk less about how to construct a campaign, unlike the 5e rule books, which give you, you know, uh, things like in the Dungeon Master's Guide, where it references how your players reach a certain level and they become heroes of the realm, right? They should be well known. Mm -hmm. Guilds should know who they are. Player er, uh, yeah. uh, NPCs should be looking up to them for guidance. Um, I don't think 4e really talks about any of those kinds of things. Got it. So, do you think that, like, the streamlining of 5th edition, that making it a little bit more applicable for a broader audience, do you think that made it a little bit easier for people who otherwise wouldn't have played D&D to start playing? I think... I think Wizards of the Coast made a good choice strategically to streamline 5e. Um, I think mm -hmm. it made it a lot easier for people to get into the game because there's not as many numbers and things that they have to worry about uh you don't have to deal with min maxing constantly uh you don't have to worry about a lot of the different kinds of saves or different things that you would have to do in 3.5 um i think once people understand the base mechanics of 5e they begin to get interested in those things but i think it's a poor place to start um mm -hmm. another interesting tidbit being that uh 3.5 and 5e are not actually made by the same company Wizards of the Coast mm. uh, took over for 5e, um, and then the people that made 3.5 after being bought out went on to make Pathfinder, which is why Pathfinder is often um, gone to after 5e, because there's a lot more flexibility, there's a lot more things that you can do in Pathfinder that you can't really do in 3.5, or I'm sorry, not 3.5, but 5e. Um, mm -hmm. I really like Pathfinder personally, and I want to get to be able to play more of it, but I think I should get more experience in 5e. Um, mm -hmm. Pathfinder has a ton of rule books, a ton of lore. They put a lot of effort into their stuff. Yeah, I feel like I feel like every time you go look anywhere that has anything even remotely related to D&D, there's always Pathfinder right next to it as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so, do you think, okay, I know D&D &D has been a little bit brought back into the, I guess, like, the light in media with shows like Stranger Things coming out, and with, you know, all the Tolkien movies, but well, those have been out for a while, and, you know, Game of Thrones-style shows, and have you seen that, like, that is partially what brings that resurgence, or, like, what do you think that could be attributed to? I think Stranger Things did a good job of getting D&D &D into the light, as what you were saying. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it got it on people's radar a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't think that Lord of the Rings had as much of, a, of an effect as a lot of people would think. Uh, I think Lord oh, of the really? Rings had a little bit more of an effect for Dungeon Masters specifically than players. Um, okay. Because everybody wants to be Tolkien. Everybody wants to be you know, the Matthew Mercer of Dungeon Master. Yeah. Um, and Matthew Mercer would hate me if, if he heard me say that. Um, so, you know, <laughs> hopefully Matthew Mercer, if you're listening someday, I, I love you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah, hopefully. right. Um, yeah. Do you think that Stranger Things did like an accurate job of portraying what D&D is really about, like at its core? Um, to be honest, it's been a long time since I've seen Stranger Things. Um, no worries. So I don't know too much about it. Okay. I think one of the From... biggest things that made a difference was 
that our culture has become more accepting of things like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially for different types of people because I feel like before when D&D was like you know first conceived it was very much a certain type of people that were playing it right well there's that um but there's also that D&D was demonized um when yeah, it was launched yeah. uh, a lot of people thought it was a satanist thing um, yeah which I to this day still don't quite understand but <laughs> I think a lot of people still don't understand that I for one am one of those people um yeah i think from what i remember from stranger things i it has also been a while for me but i think basically at its core what they i think they represented it quite well because you know it was a bunch of friends getting together to have a good time essentially which i think is basically what it is a lot of people kind of i don't know i think they see a lot of people who go to um like adventurers league or like you know more public type things and it can be a little intimidating if that's what you're expecting or if that's what you think it's about but when you do it with a group of friends I think it's a little bit more you know I guess chill is the right word Absolutely. like you know a little bit more comfortable especially for new players I think Adventures League can be super super intimidating if there's one thing that I can say it's that I've never met someone who plays D&D a lot that actually likes Adventures League the rules really in Adventurers League, you have to stick to the books. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's collaborative storytelling, right? The, yeah. the rule of cool is what should dictate what happens at the table, not a rule book necessarily, in my, yeah. in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of homebrew in my campaign. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of things that I allow my players to get away with that they wouldn't normally be able to get away with. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I think that's commonplace for most, like, homebrew games. Absolutely. Um, in Adventurers League, though, there is no homebrew. You yeah, exactly. You just run exactly. modules to the T. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, um, but it's definitely not the way that I enjoy playing the game. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people don't enjoy that because part of it is the creativity and the coming up with all of the situations to get your players into that are specifically tailored for those players, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, awesome. I do notice a lot of times that I see, I see new players uh, playing D anD D. They tend to think that it's the players versus the DM. Mm-hmm. Um. And after a while, I think it's great because they realize that the DM wants to tell the story with the player just as much as they do. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, one of the things that I just explained to my party was that I create problems that I don't necessarily know the answer to. And they're just as fun for me, the DM, to work on with the players and see what they come up with. Yeah. So, like... Can you think of any examples of something like that off the top of your head right now? Sure. Um, for example, uh, the <laughs> there's an evil book in my, my campaign. This is when it, this campaign just started, um, and I was not a very good DM for 5e. Um, mm-hmm. I called it the Codex of Chaos. <laughs> I know. I it's love a that. shit name. That's amazing. It's horrible. No, it's amazing. No, it's not. 
don't love butter it. me up like that. But uh, <laughs> no, ten out of ten, fantastic. So, love the meme. Yeah. So the the Codex of <laughs> Chaos, uh, which I later determined was actually uh, part of the Demonomicon, which is a series of books written by Natasha the Black, also the person mm-hmm. who wrote Tasha's Cauldron, uh, the D and D book. Um, so that is an extremely powerful book. Um, and the players are trying to figure out how to deal with that even to this day. Oh yeah. So interesting. Okie dokie. So I know that now, like it started off with just D and D and then it kind of grew into something more. And now there's a huge variety of tabletop RPGs that are available now that aren't necessarily just, you know, just like a fantasy style game, right? Like there's there's um Edge of Empires and Call of Cthulhu and all those kind of different um I guess I guess RPGs is the best term for them. Yeah, tabletops. Yeah, different different styles, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that has definitely I I personally think that that's led to a lot pe- lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, I'm not really into fantasy to kind of get into that like tabletop RPG type of game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the first modules that I was ever a player in was a Western uh, tabletop RPG. A, a D20 is what they were called on the small pamphlet that you could use to run it. Um, uh-huh. So that was super fun for me. And to this day, I want to run a Mandalorian-themed uh, tabletop RPG or a D&D game, for lack of a better term. Um Yes. <laughs> So I'm down. Yeah, no, it's just it sounds super fun to me. Um I really I really like the western vibe that the Mandalorian mm-hmm. gives you while still being sci-fi. Star Wars, yeah. yeah. Um like it's Firefly is one of my favorite shows of all time. If you haven't seen Firefly, mm-hmm. I, I recommend you go out and watch it. Um it's one of the best shows of all time. Um, unfortunately mm-hmm. canceled after one season. Um, ah, bummer. I hate when that happens. Super That's bummer. But they like made a movie the later to finish it off called Serenity. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of concept. It's it's a space western. And that is my jam. Nice. Yeah, that sounds kind of similar to... Um, oh, what is that show called? The Amazon Prime one. The one in space. Now I can't remember what it's called. The Expanse. I haven't seen too much of the, of Prime stuff. Okay, I haven't seen too much of The Expanse, but it sounds kind of similar to to The Expanse. That's a show my dad like is obsessed with. Yeah, I might have when to check he's it sick. out. <laughs> yeah, every time he's sick, he's like, and he just lays in bed and watches like CSI and The Expanse. It's <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, do you think that like, what do you think has led from the switch from people calling? you know, the dungeon master, the dungeon master, to now it's, like, the GM or game master. What do you think has led to that switch? Oh, that one's easy. So, um, a long time ago in Dungeons & Dragons 1st Edition, basically how the game would run is you would start right outside of a dungeon, and Mm -hmm. you would run the dungeon, and the dungeon master ran the dungeon. Well, Mm -hmm. now it's this whole RPG with character-building elements and plot lines and roleplay. Mm-hmm. It's a game now, not a dungeon crawler. And I think that's the biggest reason that they're called the Game Master now. Um, yeah. But the other reason being is because there are all of these different forms, right? So yeah. if you're playing a Star Wars RPG, 
Are you the dungeon master? Because you're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You're the game master. You run the game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I kind of figured it was something along the lines of, you know, with all of the variations coming out and all of the, you know, variety that there is now that it's not just, you know, it's not just D&D. There's so many other different yeah, and, variations. And I almost feel like Dungeon Master has a little bit of a negative connotation to it. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds almost sinister. Which I yeah. think has led to a little bit of the players versus the DM thing that I was talking about previously. Yeah. Yeah, I think it kind of gives off, like... I think now with kind of more of the commonization of, like... Ooh, what is the right word for what I'm trying to say? I have... Without this getting, like, too risque. But, like, you know, with the commonization of, like, bondage and, like, BDSM kind of stuff... You know, that's a little bit more popular in social media, and especially on TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but I am, and I see it all over the place. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely don't have my players call me the Dungeon Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I feel like that could definitely be part of it, is like that internalized, like, taboo-ness, I guess. I mean, it's not so much taboo anymore, because it's become much more common. Yeah, it's but, you become know. accepted. Um yeah. And spoken about, to be sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially because, you know, that's something that you gotta you gotta keep people safe. Because if you don't speak about it, then it becomes unsafe. Right. In many situations. But anyway. Oh, that's... <laughs> totally different conversation. Yeah. Um, so do you think... For that, another like, episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> maybe. We'll see if it gets there another time. Um, do you think that maybe, like, MMORPGs kind of got the idea of like from D&D or do you think that's just like something totally different you know I would kind of have to look into the timeline mm -hmm. um, but my guess is yes um, however I do know that, that, that the first edition of, of Dungeons and Dragons was releasing around the same time that a lot of early personal computers were being able to be released mm -hmm. um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think D&D came first, but don't quote me on that. Um, okay. No, we, we won't. Nobody will hold you to that. Uh, yeah, I hope, <laughs> I I hope not. <laughs> don't sue me. Um, not liable. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember playing an old point-and-click adventure of some kind that was almost D&D-esque. Um, mm -hmm. And I know there are definitely a lot of MMORPGs that are inspired by D&D, one of which being Neverwinter, which is literally a D&D MMO. Um, mm -hmm. Baldur's really Gate quick. is another thing that was remastered. Sorry. Uh -huh. No, really quick. For those who don't know, what is an MMORPG exactly? Uh, massively Multiplayer Online. So that's what the acronym stands for. What it typically means is it's usually a fantasy-based setting in which you have uh, multiple levels uh, that you're taking your character through and you're customizing them as you go along, much like you do with your D&D character. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, I don't know, I it's, it's kind a very, of a chicken, thorough explanation. kind of a chicken or the egg situation where, um, yeah. you know, which came first, the, the, the way that the computer, uh, deals with everything as far as how you upgrade your character in the numbers, or did they get that idea from how people designed the game? Yeah. And that's maybe one of those questions that nobody will ever know. Yeah. 
I think World of Warcraft definitely, if they didn't have D&D inspiration to start with, they definitely mm-hmm. do now. Yeah, I've from the from the small bits that I've seen Zach playing, like I kind of get that vibe too, where it's kind of, you know, just they kind of have that vibe, I guess. Yeah, I've only seen him play it like a teeny, teeny, tiny bit. So, well, and I think I think one of the biggest things too, though, that's the difference is when you're playing World of Warcraft, you're helping mm-hmm. the realm. You're helping the realm of Azeroth. I think that's how you say that. Everyone wants to be the hero. And that's what D&D is about, too. It's about being able to live out that fantasy. To do the things that you maybe can't do in real life. Or maybe that you're scared to do in real life. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to be the guy that steps in between the person mugging and being mugged. Yeah. And you want to save the day. You want to feel like a badass. And you want to do something important that had an effect on other people's lives. Yeah, I, I yeah, I definitely feel that that's kind of a thing where it's like people who normally behave one way behave the total opposite way, whether it's playing a tabletop RPG or an online RPG. Right. And And the biggest thing when you're playing World of Warcraft, you save the realm, right? And mm-hmm. you get that confirmation you get to look at the difference that you've made and it's the same thing in D&D when you make a difference in the world you make a difference yeah um and i think some people are worried that they can't and they shouldn't yeah be. yeah and that everybody y'all everybody should just follow their dreams and do what they want to do <laughs> and i mean as long as you're not hurting other people live your life man you know yeah Okie dokie. So, okay. Here's like a way less serious question. <laughs> but have your players ever like derailed your entire campaign? Just like totally threw a monkey wrench in it and you're like, well, now I have to change everything. Um, Just last week, I was planning to have my players go to the Fortress of Frozen Tears. And they mm-hmm. instead chose to go to a town that was in the exact opposite direction. I had not prepared anything for this town mm-hmm. at all. Um, and so I kind of ran it off the cuff and figured it out. I came up with this place called Quincy's Tavern, which is in- inspired by a TikTok. Um, okay. And uh, basically Quincy's Tavern, what I, I determined it to be, was a tavern that could be in any realm at all. Um, which is inspired from an anime that I can't remember the name of. Um, it, it Basically, there's a door to a restaurant, and the restaurant has the best food, and nobody inside is allowed to fight. If you fight, you're banned from the restaurant. Uh, nice. That seems like a good rule. Yeah. I feel like everybody should have that rule, uh, period. So that's Quincy's Tavern, uh, and they really liked that one. Uh, so Quincy's Tavern will have a recurring theme, to be sure. Um, but that's one of the sessions that I'm definitely the most proud of because mm-hmm. at the end of it, uh, when I was riding home with my girlfriend, uh, she said to me that she considered going invisible and sneaking into the town and just stealing the supplies that they needed or leaving gold and just returning back to the party mm-hmm. to speed things up and to not get noticed in this potentially dangerous town, right? Yeah. But she didn't want to 
essentially derail or disregard this entire town that I had planned out. So she had no idea that I didn't plan this <laughs> at all. Yeah. And I'm happy about that because that means my skills as a DM are improving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's definitely a skill that you definitely have to have as a as a DM. Like, you have to know how to just be like, okay, well, that's not what we're doing today. We're going to do this other thing instead. Yeah. And they still ended up making the trek back up north uh, to the Fortress of Frozen Tears later that session. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, in my, my tiny, tiny experience as a DM, literally like one session, we didn't even get to finish my whole one shot, and I'm still waiting to finish. Um, but in my in my small experience, I felt like it was definitely a lot of, I had this one specific thing planned in my mind, and this is what I thought was going to happen, and that did not happen. Or they interpreted like what I said differently from what I thought they were going to interpret it as. If there's, like, if there's one thing I can pull from being a DM, it's that you have to be okay with planning something for hours on end to have your players not even notice it. Yeah. Um, or to not take a hint. Um, for example, in one of my first sessions, I had uh, a goblin encampment had just packed up and moved on uh, from attacking a place... Um, because they knew the adventurers were coming, and they left behind, on accident, a flyer for another village that was, a, like, a resort. Um, mm -hmm. The clue being, hey, go here. This shiny, big flyer that you found with a name on it says go to this village, because that's probably where they're going to attack next. Mm -hmm. Instead, my players wanted to try and track them through the treacherous mountains at level 2. <laughs> yeah <laughs> gosh yeah like yeah i was listening to who was it i think it was a puffin forest video and he was basically talking about how his campaign started like they were level two as well and he had this whole plan and they decided nope we're just gonna go straight to exactly where like the first boss is and we're gonna try to fight him now at level two, when they're supposed to be, like, level seven fighting this boss, and that's how he was scaled, right? Right. And and so, he, basically, he had to change the whole thing on the fly. I think he ended up just making the, the boss, like, be like, I'm out of here, bye, and just, like, poof away, but, yeah. you know, it, I feel like that's common. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's definitely hard. Um, my party is huge, so I don't really have to worry mm -hmm. too much about them encountering something that they can't take on. Um, yeah. The biggest thing being action economy. If you've got four players versus one enemy, the one enemy is never going to win. It doesn't matter yeah. if they swing and hit for all of the health points of the other player. Um, one player is just going to pick them back up. The rest are going to take their turns. Eventually, it'll be whittled down. Yeah. Um, and there, there are some exceptions to that rule. I mean, you're not going to throw a freaking CR20 monster at your level 1 party. Um, yeah. That's just messed up, and if your DMs are out there doing that, kick them in the teeth. Um, <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? Anybody uh, listening, if, you're, if your DM does that to you, you per full permission. Yes. Um, I endorse <laughs> this message. Kick them in the teeth. Um, <laughs> at, at the bare minimum, step them aside and have a conversation with them and explain to them that you're not having fun. Unless that's how you have fun, and you're 
a masochist, but you know, um, <laughs> I like my players to live. So yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. That'd be nice. You know, don't want to kill them as soon as they start. Like yeah. they're like spent all this time crafting their perfect character, right? And then they instantly die. Like how disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dude, do you know how many times I've had to keep Teddy from dying? Yeah, Teddy has a uh, an unnatural talent for a- attracting danger. <laughs> yes, both of his characters, both of them in both campaigns, just all the time dying all the time. I feel like he's one of the people that sees the fan about to spew shit and then steps in front of it. (laughs) On the bright side, he's blocking it from other people. Yeah, but also, then it falls on me, our only healer, to, you know, fix him. Yeah. Because he's the other person who would, like, help with healing. I mean, Jeff has finally gotten, like, one or two little, little things that he can do that can, like, help for a few hit points, but... Well, and I'm sure it's hard know. for him, too, though, to, to be able to make even sessions consistently and things like that. Like, yeah. I know it's hard for me, um, what with college and running my mm-hmm. own campaign, just other commitments that I have. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't played in... It's been... The last time that we met for Zeke's campaign was the last time we even did anything. Was the last time I was there? No, the last time we did anything D&D related at all, we haven't touched our, like, regular campaign period for, like, two months. Huh. Yeah, just because scheduling has been such a problem. Yeah, that, I mean, it does make it difficult. And the more people you add, the the harder it is. Um, yeah, and we're not even that big of a group. We're a group of four players and a DM, so we're a group of five. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to take into account time zones as well. Yeah. Uh, that makes a pretty big difference. Yeah. And so for for your, like, main campaign, you guys actually, like, meet up somewhere, right? You guys yeah. don't, you guys aren't using Roll20 like we are. No, no, no. We, uh, we all meet in person. Do you think that makes a difference, like, being together in the same room versus, like, being in Discord or in Roll20 and that kind of thing? I think it makes a massive difference. Um, for me... Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to play online. Um, I have a hard time keeping my attention focused on the game. Um, one of the things that I do with my players is I ask that they're not on their phones unless they're looking up something D&D related, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that. that's one of the biggest distractions that I see. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think... Being able to see the reaction on people's faces when you say something, um, being able to see their body language, um, watching them move their miniatures by hand, the level of focus that you can see on their face when they're trying to figure something out, um, being able to roleplay physically as well as verbally, I think makes a significant difference. Um, Especially for me as the DM, um, because, I mean, something that you wouldn't know because you've never actually seen my face is I'm an extremely expressive person. I speak with my mm-hmm. hands. My eyebrows are moving all the frickin' time. Like, I'm told that all the time that I'm the easiest person to read that they've ever met um, because I'm so expressive. And I think that that's really hard for me to get across uh, when I'm playing in an online game, and I, I hope I do that 
okay. Um, I, just as I hope I'm doing it, you know, here over the uh, over the microphone. Um, yeah. So I think playing. Yeah, I in think person, you're doing a great job. Playing in person makes a big difference, um, as well as like, especially being a DM. Also, I like to draw, and drawing mm-hmm. on the computer is hard. It really is. I hope that, like, one day, eventually, I'll be able to play with a group in person. Like, I think it'd be super dope, like, if our group could get together. I would, like, probably cry. I'd be so excited. I don't care who it is. I just want to play. Because um, the only experience I've ever had is online. And I, I, I'm I, honestly worried that were I to play in person, I'd probably never want to play online again. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge difference, to be sure. Um, yeah, especially as someone who has a really hard time keeping focused on one thing for a long time, especially, like, in combat. I don't know, you probably have noticed, a lot of people notice, that a lot of the time I ask a lot of questions about what's already happened because I it's so hard for me to keep focus on what's going on because my brain is like, hmm, a million other things all at once. Yeah, um, I personally don't have a problem with that. The thing that irritates me is when... For example, I'll be like, the castle in front of you is made of gray stone. Icicles are dripping from the uh, the top of the spires. Um, the floor is slick with blood. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, my players will go, where are we? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that okay, one, I'm not that yeah, bad. No, you're not. Not at all. Um, and my players actually don't do that either. Um, That's good. Um, just to be clear, uh, so that when my girlfriend <laughs> listens, she doesn't get mad at me. Um, <laughs> she won't. Um, she's very good to me. Um, good. Good to hear. But regardless, I've had players that I've played with in the past do that, and it's just a yeah. little bit, like, frustrating at times, because it's like, well, I literally just explained that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. if a turn or two has passed and you want a refresher, okay. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um... It's only when it's right after I say it that I'm just like, were you just not listening? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that I see a lot that that bugs me at my table, at least, mm-hmm. is when um, I notice a lot that when it's one player's turn in combat, all of the other players check out. Like, yeah. they're just not... It's like it's not their turn, so they're not paying attention, and that's not something I really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it definitely bothers me, and I've been trying to figure out how to how to deal with it. Um, as a DM, I don't really like to swing my dick, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's been a couple of times where I have just been had to be not afraid to do that um and just be like hey focus up you know just because it's not your turn doesn't mean that what's happening here isn't important you should pay respect to your other players at the table too what they're doing is important and fun for them and you should give the courtesy of paying attention to that yeah Um, if we need a break we need a break uh so that you guys can you know refresh your mind and you know it's it is hard to focus on something for four hours at a time right um so yeah and you can you can choose to keep this in uh the edit or not but actually one of the things that i was planning is i know that zach is going to be able to try and go to jeff's wedding um and i'm going to try to go to jeff's wedding and i don't Mm -hmm. know if that means that you're going with him should you guys 
stay together. I don't like to say that, but... Um, I mean, we should be. Mm. We're coming up on being together for you a year now. You guys are good for now. each other. So, I hope so. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, and I've... I've yeah. I've been with my girlfriend for two and a half-ish years or something, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll likely it, be going with me as well. But one of the things that I was maybe thinking of doing is uh, mm-hmm. is actually running a small D and D session for us. That'd uh, be really fun. I'm hoping. I mean, like we've talked about it a little bit. He's like, well, if I get a plus one, which I think he did, he's like, well, if I get one, then I'm definitely gonna take you. I mean, he's like, he was like, it'd be kind of rude if I didn't take you. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, that's up to you. You don't have to. No, I'm his plus one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yes, because you're his boyfriend. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yes, I do know that. I talk about it all the time. I literally talked about this the other day. That's funny. I was talking about this with my friend, who's doing the second part of this episode with me. Her name's Campbell. Mm-hmm. She's she's great. I love her. We've been friends for like six years. Um, and we were we were. I was literally talking about this the other day. I was like, oh yeah. She was asking me. She was like, oh well, how do you know the guy you're doing the first part with? And I was like, oh well, he's friends with Zach, and he's he's Zach's boyfriend. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh no no, it, it's like a it's a joke, but like kind of not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of a joke, but kind of not. They have a bromance. That's basically how I explain it. It's a it. joke. Like, they okay, suck each other's fair. dicks. You know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Exactly. No, uh, I've known Zach for a long time. Um, um, let's see. I think I've kind of gotten to the end of my notes. Do you have any, like, favorite NPCs or, like, any fun characters that you just, like, love? Or your characters hate, like, your players hate or, like, they love to hate, that kind of thing? My players have a love-hate relationship with my fa- favorite DMPC at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, his name is Ratatasker. He is a squirrel. I um, love that already. The name is pulled from uh, Smite, which is a video game, mm-hmm. um, uh, or technically North Norse mythology is where his name comes from. Um, Ratatasker is just a talking squirrel with very, very good sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. So I gave one of my players a orb of dragon kind, and he is attuned to it. When uh-huh. he is farther than 10 feet away from this orb... He goes blind. Oh, Lord. I think you can see where this is going. Yeah. Now, he hasn't stolen it yet, but he knows it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> so he's constantly, constantly paranoid that it's gonna get stolen. Yes. Um, kind of. And he'll, like, yeah. take gold coins from his pouch and stuff like that just to mess with him a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, he's also, he's been helpful as well. Um, yeah. when our fighter went down, Ratatasker happened to have stolen a potion from an alchemist that was a healing potion and he saved his life. Mm-hmm. So albeit it started out as a not so good relationship between the two of them, they yeah. actually do like each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's we. I don't know if we really have any characters like that in our campaign right now. I my character's not that deep. My character is just I want to swing mm-hmm. a sword and have fun and not have to think because I'm too tired of being a DM to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have like neither of my characters are like crazy deep. I feel like I feel like like okay. I feel like 
Flestra's backstory, who is, she's the one that I play in, in Zach's campaign. She's much more, I feel like she's much more fleshed out than Arius's character development is. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like Arius was kind of like a, eh, you know? Right. I, so her story isn't as... Well, I play in Griffin's campaign because Griffin really wanted me to. Yeah. That's kind of like the biggest reason I'm even there. Yeah. Um, I would play in Zack's campaign. It would be fun. I I know that Zack has the capability to be an amazing DM. Yeah, he's he's really good. Um, Zack and I have more in common than most of the people I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely have no fucking clue where a lot of it came from. Um, interesting. But... Like, just, like, there'll be random days where it's, like, he and I'll just say, like, the same thing at the same time. Or, um, we'll, like, be thinking of a song at the same time. Or, like, he'll ask if I know a band that's super fucking obscure and I just know what it is. Like, it's just... Things... There's a connection there that I don't quite get myself. Um, Mm -hmm. but... We're very similar in that. Um, our mind works the same way a lot of times. Yeah, I get um, kind of that vibe from and you so guys. Because like, of together, that, I, I know of, that I kind of feel that. Yeah, um, and because of that, I know that he has very, very strong DMing skills. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he doesn't quite give himself enough credit a lot of times. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Well, I'm guilty of the same thing. So yeah, I feel like a, I feel like that's just something a lot of people do just in general yeah absolutely i feel like there's definitely a lot of things that people are like nah i just oh it's, it's not that big of a deal but it kind of is a big deal you know like creating an entire storyline from from nothing maybe a few inspirations right that's a pretty big deal yeah i mean 95 percent of my notes are just bullshit that i've written down on a sticky note um, yeah and it turns into something grand and I'm yeah. s- to this day not sure how I've made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think it would be very fun. I'm like hoping one day we'll be able to actually like play all together in the same room. That would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Yeah. Plus, I really want to meet your girlfriend. She sounds really cool. <laughs> She's awesome. She's yeah, the best the, thing that the... ever happened to me. Aww. The little, the little that we've we've talked about here, I'm like, I want to be her best friend. I bet she's so cool. She is very cool. I think you guys would get along really well. Actually, you have a lot of similarities. Yeah, I, I that's what I've heard. <laughs> Which, shockingly, makes sense considering Zach yeah. and I have so yeah. many similarities. <laughs> it, it, it definitely makes Kinda sense. Kind of odd. Yeah, yeah, that totally checks out yeah. as to why that would happen. No, I definitely think you guys would get along really, really well. Um, yeah. Um. Okay, have you seen that meme? I talked to Campbell about this, too. I just, I, I need to know if you've seen the meme. Where it's like, every party starts out, and it's like, uh, Lord of the Rings, and how it ends up, and it's, uh, what is it, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Right. I feel like that's very true. I think that's definitely true. I also think that the same goes in reverse, though, that, that uh campaigns that start out like Monty Python and the Holy Grail tend to be very, very dramatic. Um, yeah. If you haven't listened to Not Another D&D podcast, 
-hmm. listen to it. It will be life-changing. I will definitely add them to my ginormous list of links that I'm going to put in this episode. Cool. Uh, It's the most important one, I can tell you that right now. Okay. (laughs) It has genuinely changed my life and perspective on D&D. Brian Murphy is a god-tier DM. I'm sorry to say it, but better than Matthew Mercer any day of the week. Wow. Um, Matthew Mercer would laugh if I if if you heard me say that. Um, and Brian <laughs> Murphy would disagree. So, um, Brian Murphy is an absolutely phenomenal DM. It's the it's part of the College Humor cast. Is uh, okay. A lot of the guys oh, okay, do this. cool. Uh, guys and and girls. Um, it is one of the most influential pieces of media that I have as far as my dungeon mastering style. It's one of the most influential pieces of media as far as how my players play. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal podcast. There is nothing better. I know. I know because I've been looking. Wow. Okay. Good to know. I will definitely link them. And after such the rave review, anybody who who's not listened to them, which is I, I've never even heard of them, so I'm glad. I'm glad you brought them up so that I can look them up because recently I've been listening to um, the One Shot Podcast Network. I've been listening to their um, Edge of Empires campaign, which I love. It's I think it's hilarious. I'm very attached to their characters. All I'm saying is that I've never listened to a D&D podcast that has genuinely made me laugh and cry. Wow. Okay. That wow, that's pretty 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 spectacular if it's if it's that fantastic. It is. Awesome. Then I will definitely have to give them a listen. Awesome. Well, are there any other things that you wanted to talk about? Like, I know we had discussed um, talking about, like, the miniatures and, like, talking about, like, the sexualization of women in D&D. If you wanted to touch on that a little bit, we can totally talk about it. Um, I think that the sexualization of women in D&D is over the top. Uh, I think it's done too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... You know, I could just be joking and say, for for starters, it's not practical, right? Yeah, it um, definitely isn't. There, there is no such thing as titty armor. Um, nope. <laughs> it's a breastplate. Yeah. You know, period. Um, but regardless, um, I'll basically kind of leave it at this. I've heard some really messed up stories about uh, some things that have happened with female players at the table and kind of dark shit as far as places that it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sick and twisted, and I don't think that anyone should put up with that. And um, you are worth it. You are loved. You can find a better group, I promise. There are people out there who will do it right. Yeah. And I definitely feel like the people who are kind of playing into that... I mean, there's a way to play into it and make it empowering, right? Like... Like, in the campaign that we're doing with Zach, there have definitely been times where my character has used it to her advantage. But it's by choice, you know? It's not, like, forced upon her. Like, the situation requires it, you know? Consent is key. Yeah. And I feel like there's definitely a way, like, if that's how your character is, you know, if you're playing a character who is naturally has this sex appeal and you naturally want to be, you know, a little bit more risque or sexy, you know, you can play that if that's how she 
operates. Right. And I mean, and it's a, a fantasy it. story. You want to be yeah. hot. Like, yeah. I'm not going to play an ugly dude. Yeah. Why would I do that? I don't want to exactly. be ugly. I want to be hot. Yeah. And my girlfriend says the same thing. She's like, well, yeah, I mean, my character's hot. Yeah. It's not like necessarily I have to play her as sultry or anything, but she's yeah. hot. Exactly. Um, that's less of what I was referring to and more so the forced upon aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fucked up that people are even slightly willing to go there in a fantasy yeah. game. Because that makes people at the table uncomfortable and yep. it's not their fantasy and you shouldn't be forcing it on them. Exactly. I so. completely agree. And I think that's a I think that's a really great thing for people to know that, you know, if if there you are in a situation where that is kind of the norm of what happens in your group, there are definitely other groups out there who would be more than willing to, you know, not do that because that's not cool. Yeah, and I mean maybe even those people at the table are considered your friends, but are they really their your friends if that's what they're doing? Exactly. I don't know. I do my best to kind of keep my mouth shut when it comes to a mm -hmm. lot of that stuff because I'm a white dude and I typically don't really get to have much of an opinion a lot of times as far as stuff yeah. like that goes. Um, well, I think it's, I, I personally feel that it's important that we listen to everybody's opinions about certain topics, especially about when it comes to like you know, especially when it comes to something that you're actively involved in, because, you know, D&D is something that you're actively involved in and I'm actively involved in. And, you know, we need to make sure that our community is a safe space for everybody. And if you've noticed that it's affecting people in your community, then that's, you know, something we have to speak up about, you know? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And as a woman who is Latina, I, pers I appreciate hearing that from, you know, from you. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad that you feel that way, but I'm also sure that there's a lot of people who wouldn't. Oh, for sure. I definitely, <laughs> and I I'm definitely not, know. I'm just not trying to piss people off on your first episode. You're good. I, it, trust me, if they haven't been pissed off already, like our last episode, or our episode three that's coming out tomorrow, was is about like J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter fandom and all of this stuff. And basically, my <laughs> co-host and I were talking about how There's like a you lot know to uncover there. Yeah, we basically talked about how like you know <clears throat> Harry Potter doesn't really belong to her anymore. It really more belongs to the fandom, and that you really just have to separate Harry Potter from her. And we talk about like we talk about it for like a good twenty minutes. Yeah, that's a good and, perspective like, to have too. Um, yeah, there there does come a point where it's no longer the person who created it's. Uh, they're not in ownership anymore. I don't know how to quite put that into words. But, yeah, um, it it just gets so it evolved by the people who are fans of it that it becomes its own its artwork. Own like it's yeah, it's originated by one person, yeah. but it's the fans and the people and the culture that bring it to what it is now, which is kind of like I feel like D and D kind of has its own like culture now. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm like, I'm totally down to be a part of this culture. I think it's really cool. And, you know, there are going to be a few jerks and assholes, but that's what happens with every aspect of any culture, right? There's always going to be a few jerks and assholes. Absolutely. Couldn't have especially, said it myself. Yeah, especially in things like D&D &D and in Star Wars and Marvel 
especially those kind of things, there's always going to be guys who say, you know, this is for guys. Girls shouldn't be a part of this. Yeah, well, I think like, that anyone with a maturity level high enough shouldn't be uh, posting the signage on their door that says no girls allowed. Oh, totally. So. I mean, like, if you're actually, like, it, then it comes into question of, like, how manly of a man actually are you if you're not so, if you're not secure in yourself that you can't allow other like uh, that you can't allow women to enjoy harry potter that you can't enjoy women to allow uh, oof, i can't speak right now that you can't allow women to enjoy star wars marvel or like that kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely yeah i know there's been a recently there's been a little bit of a like uproar of boys on tiktok who are kind of upset uh, at women in the star wars fandom who are cosplaying as you know, cosplaying as the female characters, but it's not Slave Leia. Like, they're like, oh, why are you doing that? Like, that's not sexy. And it's like, well, I'm not trying to be sexy. I'm not trying to appeal to you. I'm doing what appeals to me. Yeah, God forbid someone else has fun, right? Yeah, God forbid I actually want to dress up as, you know, Rey, or I don't want to be, you know, Leia. Besides, I've told this to my girlfriend before. I think it's way sexier if she wears a suit of armor. Yeah, right? Isn't it isn't it way sexier to see somebody in something that they feel confident in rather than something that society deems exactly. sexy? And who's not going to feel comfortable in a breastplate? You're basically right? invincible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the level of confidence. Totally. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me today. I had a really awesome time getting to talk to you about all this stuff. Um, did you want to, like, plug any social medias or anything you got going on? Um, watch Matthew Mercer on YouTube, uh, watch Matt Colville on YouTube. Both of them are great inspirations for, uh, dungeon mastering. I'm sure everybody knows who Matthew Mercer is at this point. If mm-hmm. you don't know who Matt Colville is, definitely look him up. He's a great dude. He's a very strong DM, um, very good guy. And definitely listen to Not Another D&D Podcast. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, I'm sure you can find it on iTunes as well. Um, and Google Podcasts, I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, so definitely listen to Not Another D&D Podcast, and thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. We'll definitely have to have you come back for those those series of, you know, maybe doing an actual play, and we'll definitely have to talk about D&D again in the future. Sure thing. Thanks again. I had so much fun getting to talk with Jason. I love getting to discuss D&D in depth with someone who knows so much more than I do. Unfortunately, I do have to leave you here this week, but the good news is we have a super special part two episode coming out on Friday with one of my best friends. So be sure to have your reminder set for that special part two. Thank you so much to our guest, Jason Emanuel. Be sure to tune in on Friday for our special part two. Next week, Emma's going to have some of our friends on as guests, and they're going to discuss Jedi Fallen Order, the game, Bad Batch, along with some other Star Wars topics. Make sure you're subscribed to Fan Fatales on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, and follow us at Fan Fatales Pod on Instagram. Our music is by the wonderful Maddie Macon, and our editing is by the beautiful and fantastic Kara Linsmeyer. As always, thank you for tuning in. Bye! Bye now! Bye!